guys. Welcome back to the treatment room. It's your host, Tess. I am doing another Q&A today because I feel like, honestly, this is the most efficient way to answer the questions that you guys actually want answered. And a personal goal I have for myself in 2021 is like fully being myself on social media. I feel like in general, people have the perception I'm pretty authentic, which I would say I am, but I just want, I want to get better. Like sometimes I will look at certain influencers or podcasters and be like so drawn to them, feel like they're so magnetic and I feel like I'm their, their friend. Like I, I just feel this connection to them and I'm, I just want to be better about straight up talking to you guys, having casual episodes. I also think I get very in my head and think I need the cream of the crop guests all the time. Every episode, every episode has to be an educational class for you guys because I do so badly want to give you that value. But in thinking about like what I like to listen to, yes, there's a time and place for those classes. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want to listen to my favorite pe- people chat. I don't care if they mess up, if they fumble a little bit. I just want to like feel like I'm there with them listening to a conversation and they're being fully themselves. So that's what I am striving for. Please let me know if that's what you like. I'm going to just strive to talk to you guys like I would my friends. (laughs) And let me say, I'm under the weather today. I have this issue where I can't stop working because I am so obsessed with what I do. I think about you guys first thing when I wake up. Sorry, Dylan. That's my boyfriend. But I think about you guys first. And even when I'm sick and I'm like sitting here thinking about what I should do with myself, twiddling my thumbs, thinking about like relaxing and watching a show. That's not that appealing to me. I'm like, I want to talk to my friends. I want to talk about skincare. I want to do an episode. So I can't help myself. It's probably why I'm always getting sick because I just don't stop. I'm like a little energizer bunny, but I'm addicted. I love it. I can't help it. So sorry, you're getting me talking to you guys from bed. I have a bunch of screenshots on my phone from questions you guys have asked, and I can't wait to get into them. First, I feel like just given a little, oops, little beep, I would normally edit that out. I'm not even going to do that this time. I'm turning off my email sounds, though, and I'm just going to chit-chat. Little update, because I feel like we haven't caught up in a little minute, Where I'm at in my business, I am so fully focused on these virtual consultations. I don't know. I've just been super blessed. It all happened so organically. I started offering virtual consults for acquaintances, people I knew, people who followed me on social media. I'd had a few requests for a while when I worked at another spa, but because of non-competes, I could never really pursue it. I can only give people facials at the spa. Now your girl is fully on her own. And I don't know. I think there's so much to be said for being 
I think the theme of this episode is being authentic, being yourself on social media, documenting the journey, which is really what I did the second I started SD school. I started my YouTube channel on my iPhone. I would make my friends in my class like be in my videos. I would record myself while I was giving or getting a facial in school. So people who've been with me from the beginning, first off, I like know all those subscribers by name. We talk all the time. It's like a very close, intimate bond because we've, I don't know, there's just something to be said from those people who are willing to watch you when I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I had like 30 followers on YouTube and I was just like fully doing it. Not that I don't do it now for fun, but like I just had no expectation. I was just like, I kind of look back on those days so fondly and it's just like, what a special time. I was starting this whole new chapter, which you guys know what I'm talking about when you're starting SD school. It was like this thing I'd always wanted to do and never gave myself permission. All of a sudden, I like didn't care what anyone thought. I used to be this person. I used to live in LA. I had a really high stress corporate job and I went from one corporate job to the next thinking like, this is somehow going to be different. And it never was. Like they were all honestly really good jobs. I was so fortunate to have. I worked at really high profile magazines like The Hollywood Reporter. I worked at E! News. I was so blessed to have those jobs and they were awesome. And I wouldn't, I would not trade that experience for the world. I think you learn something from every job, truly. But it was like, I just kept chasing new things on my resume and like, I was just never meant to live that, that life that I, I kind of thought was, I don't know, like the only way to live life was like working at a desk job, working at a nine to five, having cool companies on my resume, getting promotions. Like I thought that's what life was about and it was really hard and humbling for me to pursue another career that had nothing to do with what I went to college for and kind of start over. But it was like this freeing moment when I finally just took the leap. I was like, you know what? I love beauty. I want to know like the foundational stuff about skin and why certain products are good. So anyway, long story short, I, you know, signed up for Etsy school. I started my YouTube channel. The YouTube channel was so pivotal for me because that was also like a defining moment in my life where normally I would have, and I, this held me back for years. I didn't start the channel because I was thinking about what's this ex-boyfriend going to think? What are these group of girls from high school going to think? What are my friends going to think? What's my family going to think? And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but it was like such a coming of age moment for me. I just stopped caring. I was like just fully myself. And I was kind of shy about my channel for a while. And I still don't really like my friends know I do it and my and and they're also encouraging. My family's like obsessed with <laughs> my videos. They watch everyone like every month. My dad asks like how many videos I've done, like how many views I've got, like they're really into it. But it's not something I like bring up in conversation at all. Um 
but it's just like I've accepted myself. I know who I am now. And I feel like to some people it might come across as confidence. I don't know that I'm necessarily confident, but it's just like I stopped caring what that group of five people was going to say about me. Who cares? I do not live my life for them. And I promise you, people care so much less than you think. Like they're not thinking about me. So I need to do what makes me happy and what fulfills me. Virtual consults. Anyway, they came about because I was just authentically doing my thing on social media. I think that passion and authenticity is contagious. It just kept attracting people and I was getting request after request. Hey, can you look at my skin? Can you tell me what to use? Like, I will pay you. Just like make me a routine. Tell me what to buy. And at the end of the day, I think we need to remember like, that is such a gift. That is such an incredible thing you can provide with people. That knowledge for them to truly know how to take care of their skin is incredible. And I remember what it felt like to be on the other side where I had acne. My acne started right before esthetician school, ironically. I had had great skin my whole life, and all of a sudden, I'm convinced it was because I was such a beauty junkie and beauty lover, and I wanted to try all the cool, new, trendy, over-the-counter things, Glossier, like all those kind of brands. And it literally just all came to a head. I had a face full of acne, and it was such like a humbling thing having to actually seek out a dermatologist and having them look at me and be like, you have acne, like you have grade two acne, when I'd never had that. And all of a sudden, I was so self-conscious everywhere I went. It was all, it was like the first thing I thought about was my acne. Like I can't even, I'm not even worthy of looking this person in the eye because they're thinking she has pimples. She's somehow dirty. Like she, and I had so much shame about that because I had never had problems. Like I went my whole life probably getting like a handful of pimples and then all of a sudden face full of acne in esthetician school. Anyway, what I was trying to say is telling people how they can regain their confidence and have healthier skin is such a gift. Do not underestimate it. Do not undervalue yourself. And just know people will put a premium on solving that problem. So we SDs, I know we don't always get the respect we deserve, but I think we are amazing and We truly like do more than just like, you know, give people some skincare products, give some facials, like we touch their hearts and their soul. And that is an incredible job. So anyway, what I wanted to say without sounding too cocky, and it's not coming from a place of cockiness. I'm honestly the most, (laughs) I don't want to say insecure, but um, I have true imposter syndrome. I in no way like think super highly of myself at all. But I will say the virtual consults have been really taking off. And I think it's about the energy you put into the world when you put so much focus and intention and good good intention about people and, and wanting to help them and good intentions for you living your best life. Like I just am such a firm believer that it works out. And the universe feels like it is flowing in, (laughs) I can't even compare like how it is flowing now versus 
who I was when I worked at my corporate job. Cause I, cause I just, I, I lived for the weekend. Life just seemed like such a grind. And although my job was cool, I could never appreciate it. Cause I was always so stressed out and like, I don't know, just truly looking at it as work. Whereas now I feel so in control of my life. I feel like I can take all the credit for helping people, whereas working for somebody else, you obviously can't necessarily do that. But I'm loving the virtual consults. I want to do more information about those. I'm going to film a video with one of my friends very, very soon showing you the process of our virtual consultations so you guys can see. But those are going great. I'm so happy and blessed and I'm trying to just keep this energy alive so I can do this forever because I am truly obsessed. I love it. And I feel like it is a unique service that I offer that is so in-depth, so personal that I don't actually see a lot of people doing. So I'm very, I have a lot of pride in it and, and really value my clients. So that's going well. The skincare line has kind of, I don't want to say it's taken a back seat, but it's been a challenge because I am working on my website for my services at the moment. And the person who also does my design for my logo, she's amazing, absolutely obsessed, would not would not change what we're doing for the world. But since we are focusing on the website, I can't tackle the logo. And until I submit the logo, I can't get my line moving forward. And even once I submit the logo, it's going to take about three months to like finalize the logo and whatnot. So that's that. But overall, things are going well. Let's get into some of your guys' questions. I think these are amazing. And, and again, what are the most efficient ways to educate you guys? Okay. Question number one is something I'm, it's a condition I'm very passionate about because I feel like there's so much specific knowledge that professionals should know that's kind of like kept, I don't know, it's like almost like it's like kept under lock and key, not really, but like I never heard so much of this information about rosacea which is the condition I want to talk about. It was just like not part of SC school at all. We didn't, I don't think I ever heard the ro- word rosacea in school. <laughs> I don't know. So it was like uh, a skin condition I really had to seek out. But somebody asked, rosacea, exclamation, hashtag help me. So rosacea, I can help you. And if you want one-on-one help with rosacea, the, the best thing to do is book a virtual consult so I can give you my undivided attention and look at your entire skin history. But there are a couple things when it comes to rosacea. By the way, I just filmed, it was about a 30, 35 minute video, I think, that I put on YouTube that is essentially like rosacea 101, but a little bit beyond that, like not just the basics, like some really good information that will help you in treating rosacea clients. So I highly encourage you to go watch that. I also have a podcast with Julie Reese on rosacea, but I'll give you some cliff notes when it comes to rosacea. So 
what I think we hear all the time when it comes to rosacea or what your clients with rosacea probably think is that they just need to look for for products that are calming, soothing, basic. And that's true. People with rosacea, you need to know they already have compromised skin. So they're probably going to be a little imbalanced because their barrier is already compromised. Their capillaries are not broken, but they are dilated because they undergo so much repeat trauma. There's so many triggers for rosacea. It can be high histamine foods, even healthy foods like spinach, avocado, banana, meat, dairy, alcohol, tea, coffee, all can trigger rosacea. So somebody who's eating a pretty healthy diet or so they think they're having, you know, avocado toast in the morning, they're having a banana smoothie, they're having some hot soup for lunch and, you know, like two coffees, which is normal and healthy in a certain sense, but not healthy for rosacea. So you need to know that one of the most surprising things with rosacea is a lot of healthy foods can be triggering because they are high histamine. Lifestyle is so important with rosacea. You want to minimize the trauma. So you want to minimize a lot of extreme temperature changes, going super hot to cold, going to going outside in cold weather to going into a hot yoga class and then taking a hot shower. You want to be really careful of long hot showers, steam, opening ovens, having having the heat on, heat on, drinking hot things. All of the lifestyle pieces are huge with rosacea. And when it comes to skincare, so there's something significant with rosacea. We don't know the cause, but it is true that people with rosacea have 10 times more demodex mites than people who do not have rosacea. We all have demodex mites, but they are exacerbated in people with rosacea. And we have an inkling that that excess of mites, they secrete an enzyme called lipase, which can heat the skin up to beyond 99 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's creating a lot of heat in the skin. Heat in the skin is unhealthy. The state of healthy skin is calm and cool. So having a lot of heat can trigger things like rosacea, acne, different kinds different types of irritation and inflammation so cooling is really essential to people with rosacea not using like ice directly on the skin but having cool compresses fans using cooler water drinking cool beverages and eating cooling foods very helpful for rosacea and when it comes to controlling the mite you need to do a few things. It's not just about looking for calming, soothing things, although you do want repairing things, peptides, fatty acids, ceramides to repair the barrier, but you also need to control oil because oil is the food source for the mites. So when you control the oil, you essentially remove the tripwire for the mites. So things like very low percentages, maybe I'm talking like a face wash with glycolic or salicylic, those can actually be beneficial for rosacea. I think people have the misconception that you need to avoid exfoliation with rosacea. 
it's true you don't want anything scrubby, anything physical, nothing like friction, rubbing with rosacea or in your face, in your facials. No massage with rosacea, no steam. Keep it basic and calming. But the thing is with rosacea, again, we got to control the oil and the bacteria because that's what the mites feed off of. So a low percentage of glycolic, especially such as the gentle facial wash by Glymed, fantastic for rosacea because glycolic is actually really effective at breaking down the enzyme the mites secrete. So that is very, very helpful you can purchase Glymed through me and shoot me a DM or lots of licensed professionals carry it. It is fantastic. They have some solid rosacea um, products. I love Fulvic Elixir by Glymed for rosacea. They have a moisturizer called Rosacea Relief. Phenomenal. I actually use that myself even though I don't have rosacea because it is very calming and soothing and people who don't have rosacea can still benefit from rosacea products if they need calming and soothing. The rosacea relief moisturizer is also great because it is essentially a little bit like mattifying. You don't get that glowy, um, you know, glowy look that you would get from oil-based products because, again, we don't want an excess of oil with rosacea. So somebody who has dry skin and rosacea who thinks, I need all the heavy occlusives to feel good and nourished, not the case. It's actually just going to fuel the flame. So I think that's a good place to end on rosacea. I talk about it so much so that I have a lot of other resources on rosacea. If you would like to watch those on YouTube, I have a bunch of, of posts on my Instagram, and I, again, have another podcast on rosacea. Okay, acne slash sensitive skin on a budget. Okay, I'm really firm in this belief. The most efficient way to treat acne is with home care. If you can't afford a facial, invest in the home care first. One facial for somebody with a face full of acne is not going to be life-changing, but what they put on their skin every day is going to be life-changing. So I'm not going to be the, the esthetician to recommend you go to go and pick up, you know, CeraVe and products from the drugstore. Nothing against people who do that. It's just not my personal philosophy. It is not what I see working. Typically, the people who come to me have tried everything in the book. They've tried all the CeraVe, everything at the drugstore, everything they've seen on TikTok. They truly need an expert to put together a routine for them to look at their lifestyle. Lifestyle is huge with acne. So it can't just be like, here's these products. No, no, no. I have to know your whole history. I have to know your hygiene habits, your lifestyle, your diet. So much to know with acne. But the cheapest way to treat acne is with the right core home care routine. If they have sensitive skin, the first thing to look at, and I have a very corneotherapy-based approach where I really value the integrity of the barrier. So my first instinct there would be to repair the barrier, look for water-binding ingredients, not oil-rich products, in my personal professional opinion, 
I don't see an excess of oil being beneficial for people. I know there's estheticians who also will treat a face full of acne with an oil and they have a whole perspective on like balancing the skin. For me, I've never seen that work. I I see an excess of oil clogging the skin and I'm a big believer in getting extractions, getting those blackheads where the acne starts out. But if you cannot afford to do that, at least go to an esthetician and say, I can't afford the facial, but can you please, can I please, you know, have some sort of home care routine put together? It is going to be so worth your while if it's the right person and they know what they're doing. So perhaps you can start out with a gentle cleanser, a little hyaluronic acid, whether it's in a toner or a serum. I would say a light non-occlusive moisturizer, possibly something oil-free. Start super basic and get make sure they are cleansing morning and night. You can look at eliminating potential inflammatory foods. Very Sometimes it's hard, but it's to me, if somebody is dealing with chronic acne, we need to at least try an elimination diet for six weeks. If they're up for it, they don't have to at all, but I think it is in their best interest, um, and especially when it terms it, when it comes to being on a budget, we have to look at what we can tweak within the lifestyle. That's free. And then down the line, if their acne still persists after they have a consistent, proper home care, gentle, basic routine, you can look at adding in actives be it salicylic acid to control oil, which is key with acne, maybe a benzoyl peroxide, very effective. That is what has uh, really helped me manage my acne. I rarely get breakouts now, and that is because of using a light, low percentage, 5% benzoyl peroxide close to the skin where, where it has an, a chance to oxygenate the bacteria, super effective. I'm also an advocate of retinol. Once again, you've done those preliminary things to get the basics down. Retinol can also be very transformative, be it tretinoin from their doctor or perhaps a low percentage to get them started and used to it. Those are some of my favorite ways to treat acne. But again, the sensitive skin thing is unique. If they have sensitive skin, we're not going to go straight to the salicylic acid and the benzoyl and the retinol. We're going to make sure we're doing the basics and really calming and hydrating the skin first and looking at all possible areas in their life where there might be bacteria, whether it is not changing out their mask frequently enough, not sanitizing the cell phone, dirty makeup brushes, not changing their pillowcase. Maybe you have them change their pillowcase out once once a day, cleaning their face towels. And again, looking at sources of inflammation, excess heat. Are they washing their face after workouts? Are they using Tide Pods? Are they using Tide detergent, fragrance detergent? That can play a big role. Do they use dryer sheets that have you know a coating of lye on their towels and pillowcases? All these things can be significant. Okay, next question. Biggest mistake or misconception your clients have before starting with you? Oh gosh, there's so, so many. I would say a big misconception people have 
is them coming to me and sort of thinking that there's like a shortcut and like maybe they finally committed to getting professional help, but they think like a couple products are going to eliminate their melasma or their rosacea or their acne. And it can be really hard, I think, especially as empathetic people when somebody comes to you and they want this problem solved so badly, it can be really hard to be real and be like, this is something we are going to have to manage. This is going to take time. It's not going to be gone right away. Or sometimes you feel like you get pressure from people and they're like, how how long till I can see results? I've never felt comfortable promising an amount of time for somebody because everyone's different. I don't know if they're going to stick to the routine. It's it's hard to say. Maybe they react, you know, positively, maybe they don't. I know some estheticians like promise a length of time. I don't really like to do that just because everyone is so different and I don't have complete control over their whole lifestyle. And when it comes to something like acne, or rosacea where the cause is truly unknown, I don't think it's fair of me to like promise promise it will be gone. So I try to be really real and set the expectation. Setting the expectation will save you. Just be honest. Just, just you know, don't feel like you need to promise people, you know, some ideal outcome for them to like you and come back to you. What they will respect is you being completely honest and saying, you know, we have to see each person is so different. I have confidence in these products, but let's try these to start. Let's see how you go. We can always add more in. We can always increase the strength, but let's let's start you with this plan here and give them a concrete plan so they have the best possible outcome. But I would say the biggest misconception is that their acne can be cleared or cured or their melasma can be, you know, just vanished in a heartbeat. And a lot of times these are chronic, very frustrating conditions where again, the cause is unknown. And it sometimes it really is a little bit of a guessing game. I know we don't like to admit that, because we do have so much potential to change the skin, but there's a lot of detective work involved. So I would say the biggest, again, biggest misconception is things are cut and dry. What's the answer? Give me the answer. I'm going to do my best and we're going to see, <laughs> we're going to see how you respond and we're going to stay in touch. And that's the other thing, staying in touch with your clients keeping open door of communication will save you because it's in those moments where people feel alone and isolated and confused and like they have nobody to ask that they get frustrated and insecure and look for somebody to blame. Okay, next question. Good jobs to apply for that pay decent when graduating from SD school. Okay, I love this question and... To me, the best job for you is not about how it's going to look on your resume, you know, how prestigious it is. To me, the best job you can get is the one where you are literally immersed in what you want to do and the one where you will get the most hands-on experience. 
So it does not matter if it's a hand in stone, if it's a massage envy, if it is, you know, whatever chain you're thinking of. I, I, there is no, be it Ulta. If you can do facials at Ulta and that's what you want to do, if you can get a good schedule going and actually like have your hands on clients, that is all that matters. I had my first job working at the Tata Harper Spa and I was obsessed with the idea of working there because I thought the products were so glamorous. I had seen celebrities use them and my view was honestly a little jaded (laughs) or I don't know if jaded is the right word. My, My view was tainted because I had gone to that spa. That's where I got my first facial. I was obsessed with it and I just felt like I had to work at that spa because it was so magical. I actually ended up getting the job out of SC school. I got my dream job, or so I thought. It turned out to be, it was a fantastic job, great first job, um, a great stepping stone for me, but the only reason it wasn't an incredible opportunity was because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. So again, great stepping stone, but most of my job was retail and we had to share, me and probably five to six other estheticians had to share one treatment room. So it was kind of like luck of the draw when we would get booked clients. And it wasn't great for me because the opportunities I had were so few, like it started picking up more right when I left. But in the very beginning, it was like I would have one to two facials out of my entire shift and the rest of the time I was on the floor. It wasn't great because I got a little experience, but it was just so infrequent that I never got to build up my confidence. I was nervous every time I got booked a facial and it wasn't like I got to continuously keep practicing my craft. It was just like super interrupted. My attention had to be in two different places. Most of my attention was like helping people on the floor and retailing skincare, working a register, and then I would get thrown into a facial. So it just, it wasn't ideal. And if I could do it over, I would truly work at a massage envy or whatever chain, as long as I could have consistent clients. If you can find a spa that has a great, um, great clientele, your books are fully, fully filled. I think that's the best opportunity to walk into. And that's a good question to ask in interviews. Like, how will I get my clients? Are they just going to be assigned to me? And that was truly the second job I got, um, out of, out of esthetician school was a spa where I was just assigned five five facials a day. So it was just, I didn't even have time to be nervous. I was still nervous in the beginning, but I kind of just got thrown into it. I had no other option. I had no time to freak out in between clients because it was just so fast paced. And although like, I don't know if that would even be sustainable for me now because it was so fast paced, but it was beautiful in that I just had to practice my craft and I had to get 
good. I just had to get good at giving facials to keep the job. I had no choice. And I had to make people happy. I wanted to make people happy. So I gave my absolute all to each and every facial. And I learned so much just through that repetition of practicing. Okay. The next person said, I'm graduating from aesthetics next week. And I've been addicted to your content. I feel like you base your info on science. I have so many questions and want to feel confident in what I believe. What helped you besides experience in the field to feel confident in your knowledge slash helping people with their skin uniquely? How do you know if you're hearing from other SC slash germs if what they're saying is true or false? I find so many people say so many different things. I don't know what to believe. It's overwhelming. Yes. Yes. I exactly. I think that is so, so true. And in the beginning, it's tough because you kind of got to just be a sponge and like absorb it and almost like not make too many conclusions yet. I would, I would lean into educational material, things that are not so biased, like truly (laughs) like your Milady textbook and resources from Glymed or Image, different companies that have, you know, more clinical research-based data. Those are great sources to trust. Like those, you know, well-established companies. I think Glymed has some of the best educational resources and webinars. I have honestly learned so much even after, you know, leaving the treatment room and starting my own consulting practice and finding all of their educational materials. Those have been really helpful. I think it gets more dicey when you are when you are getting knowledge from like personal solo estheticians. Not to say that's bad. Obviously that's what I do. I put out you know, educational information. And I definitely do put my opinion out there. And I think the best estheticians have strong opinions. I respect an esthetician who has, let's say Donna Omari, we have completely different perspectives on, on managing acne. And I respect her opinion because she has formed it, you know, after a lot of years in the industry, finding what works. She has found like using sea buckthorn oil as the main product to rebalance her client's skin works. That works for her. That's phenomenal. I would love to see the behind the scenes of how that works. For me, I've just had such a different experience. And what I have found personally like is removing most oils from the routine. It does take time to kind of fully take a side on different things. There are so many controversial things in skincare. I see things on TikTok all the time that I'm like, I don't agree with that. And that's okay. Skincare is not black and white. There are many different philosophies. So you have to just be a sponge, absorb as much as you can you will form your own opinions as time goes on because you will just notice certain patterns. And that's why it's so important to play investigator, ask your clients a lot of questions. When I used to give facials and when I do work with my clients, I'm all about 
getting their skin history and getting specifics. I ask so many questions. I never used to feel like, I mean, I would give some facials that were like mostly silent when I just, you know, somebody didn't really have major concerns and they just wanted to relax. Like, sure, I wouldn't talk talk much at all. But the clients who got the most out of it were the ones where I could ask a bunch of questions. And, and you will just notice in time, what are people using? What are they doing? What's their lifestyle? What what's their diet, you will start to put together your own conclusions. And from there, you can research more. So be a sponge, look at a lot of, you know, educational material, when in doubt, lean into the more unbiased sources. And I hope that helps. You guys are going to be amazing. I remember feeling the same and you will find your way. I promise. All right. Last question here. I love this because this was from a guy and I, I don't have a huge male audience, but I do think I have, I think the last time I checked my insights, it was like 8% male, which is awesome. I think more guys should consider aesthetics. One of my biggest mentors in aesthetics is man, Douglas Preston. So love this. But he said, I wanted to thank you for all your YouTube content started SD school, trying to be proactive on entering the industry. Can you discuss objection handling? For an example, how can you encourage someone to use a sunscreen when they're being resistant to it? Things like that. Okay, this is another thing that will get easier with time. And this is kind of a new development for me. And I've noticed I've had more confidence with my own, having my own business. And like, I know there's nobody else behind me. Like I have to be firm or people aren't going to take my advice. Nobody likes to take advice from somebody who's second guessing themselves, or somebody who's, you know, unsure of themselves or doesn't have the confidence to give you a treatment plan. I'll use an example I'm thinking of. I have a client who has melasma and her melasma really caught her off guard and melasma can come about pretty suddenly, uh, commonly within with women ages 30 and up. So her melasma came on pretty suddenly after she moved to a hotter state and she is a, lo- a lifelong tanner. And I had to be firm, literally, about this exact scenario, about wearing the sunscreen. And, and I told her, the tanning, it just can't be a thing anymore. It's not, it's a total waste of your money. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of you investing in these products. Might as well throw it all out. If you're not going to use your sunscreen, don't buy it don't, don't have this consultation with me. I'll refund you. You have to, and I, I tell my clients, I'm committed to you. I'm on your team. I'm rooting for you. I'm going to do everything in my power to help you get to where you want to be. It's a two-way street where you need to do some homework as well. I need you to be consistent with your routine 
you have, and I try to be encouraging, but I say, you know, you made the effort. You reached out to me. You took time off work for this appointment. You're investing in these products. Don't waste your own time by not doing your routine in the morning and at night. I need you. And I will make it a simple routine so it's feasible, but I need you to follow through with these three steps every morning and every night. We can't be not washing our face at night if we want to handle the breakouts. We can't be tanning with our friends if we're dealing with melasma. And it's it's hard when it's actual lifestyle adjustments and norms that you know people are used to. It's hard when it's a social thing. Maybe you can't eat this or you know do this old habit. If we want to handle the melasma, which I think you really do because it's frustrating you and you're here. And I don't say all this, by the way, but <laughs> a version of this, I'm telling you guys, because you're my SDs, but I'm firm and you have to be firm. And sometimes in my head, I'm like, am I being a little over the top? Am I being a little obnoxious? I want to give you results and you are going to respect me so much more if I take my job seriously and I don't have a problem telling you exactly what you need to do. I think on some level, people want to be told what to do and you need to remember these these people are seeking you out, literally taking time out of their day, literally willing to pay hundreds of dollars in skincare to solve their problem. So they're coming to you. You're not just like, hey, want some skincare. Like they're seeking you out to help solve their problem. It is a disservice to them. It's a disservice to what you do if you're not going to tell them exactly what they need to do. There's definitely a fine line. And I think you get better at sort of reading people's cues. (laughs) I think I was like not, not just not as good as I am at it now when I came out of SD school, because you kind of come out of SD school with so much knowledge, you want to flex. (laughs) And sometimes you tell people like a little bit more than they're like even trying to hear. (laughs) So it's a fine line of understanding their cues, their body language, if they're like straight up, just like trying to change the subject or like they don't want to hear it, or they're not responding much to your questions they're probably not trying to talk about it and that's fine you you read certain cues but just try to give them information and if if in doubt come at it from the standpoint of science explain you know we need to wear sunscreen because it is the number one most aging aging thing we can do to our skin. It's going to inflame our acne. It is going to bring that pigment out. So this is what we need to do. Sunscreen every morning, non-negotiable. If you leave the house, you bring it with you. You reapply every two hours. Just be really straight with them. Be firm. If they don't want to hear it, they don't have to take your advice, but it's a fine line between shoving it down their throat And being really firm and just, you know, telling them what you got to tell them. I mean, that's what you're there for. They can't, they can't get too mad at you for, you know, 
telling them what they need to hear. So just know that they are coming to you. You have the solution and it's okay to be firm. Period. Okay, guys, I don't think I have too much more left in me for this episode. I'm going to go get back in bed, but thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave me a little five-star review. I read everyone and they mean so much to me. They mean the world. So thank you so much for listening. I love you. Also, let me know what you want to hear in the future. You can slide in my DMs, leave a comment on a YouTube video. Let me know what kind of content you guys want to see in the future. Love you so much. And I will talk to you in the next episode.